Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the IC Old People Podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, in the time of madness. September 1st, T-O-M, time of madness. This is uh, the IC Old People Micro Podcast. I'm Dr. Bruce, your host, uh, recently retired uh, senior I am, uh, have 35 years of healthcare experience, and I uh, started this podcast to talk about the joys, the difficulties, and uh, explore aging in general and seniorhood. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, first of all, I do want to apologize for last week's uh, sound differentials there uh, when I was playing some of the amateur songs that I've recorded uh, my my introductions to them was quite low and then the songs were quite loud so uh, for the people who did listen to that episode I apologize if it was going from very quiet to very loud I did try to balance that out but I uh, did not do a very good job so, you know, I often refer to myself on this show as a really big man. I am, uh, I've spent most of my life well over 250 pounds. I'm six foot two and uh, I actually got up to 270 pounds a few years ago. Uh, so as I was approaching 300 pounds, it was when I started to take hold of uh, the fact that I better start to lose some weight. And that's what I've been doing over the last month. For the last month, I've been going to the gym and uh, I do a routine where I walk uh, for about a mile and a half every day. I've gone to the gym every day. I'm pretty proud of that. I've never done that in my entire life, gone to the gym for 30 days in a row. And uh, anyway, I started to get down and I, I broke the 230 pound barrier and it was really uh, proud. I was really happy with that. That was last week. Uh, and, uh, and then I just, it hit me. I was all of a sudden, all I was doing was obsessing about food. All I was doing was thinking about food thinking about what my next meal was going to be, thinking about what I was going to eat. I had a torturous couple of days at the beginning of the week last week. So all I was doing was thinking about food, and then finally I just broke. So last Wednesday, I ended up going up, going out for Ethiopian food, which is uh, an experience in and of itself. Uh, you eat with your hands, uh, which is really new for me, being a uh, you know a Western boy, and uh, it was quite an experience doing that. But that just opened the floodgates. On Thursday, I ended up having Kentucky Fried Chicken. On Friday, I had a shawarma. On Saturday, I went for Chinese dim sum. So four days in a row, I ate out, and I just felt terrible after. I just felt like shit. It was awful. I didn't feel good. I felt bloated. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe I did that to myself. But, you know, that's that addictive personality that I always talk about. So I had like a total food breakdown or a total food relapse, you might, I, I guess you could call it. But, you know, I got back on track. Uh, I'm back on track as of, uh, you know, a, a few days now, and I'm feeling really good. I'm actually down to uh, 225 today. So I, I've lost 25 pounds uh, in, in a little, about, I'd say it would be about a eight-week period of time. So uh, I'm pretty happy with that. My, I still have a fairly big gut on me. Uh, you know, 225 is not a light person. I'm not a, I'm not a thin person at, the, at 225, but I'm a lot thinner than I was, and I feel a lot better. So I, I'm working on that, and, I, you know, I'm trying to get healthy. I realized that um, the way I was going in life, uh, one of the reasons I started this podcast was just to, you know, a realization 
that I couldn't just continue the way I was. I wasn't exercising. I was eating uh, uh, not a terrible diet, but I, I was not eating a great diet and I was drinking a lot. Uh, so, I, you know, I took the move a couple of years ago to quit drinking. And I know I've talked a lot about um, the re recent relapse I had and how much that caused me issues with depression and and uh, sudden weight gain and, and bowel problems. And so I've got that under control. Uh, pretty soon it'll be three uh, in uh, next week. It'll be three months that I've been back uh, on the wagon. And I'm really happy with that. I've been attending uh, AA meetings regularly. I've actually, uh, on Friday, it will be uh, 30 days in a row. I've gone to a meeting every single day for 30 days. So I'm one third of the way through my uh, 90 in 90, it's called, uh, where you, they really advise. It's not an AA directive. It's not something that's recommended by AA, but it's just kind of common knowledge that people do this 90 and 90, where you go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And that's what I'm on track to do. I'm one third of the way through. And, you know, AA is, isn't just about quitting drinking. Uh, I, I've been really successful at quitting drinking. Uh, what I have not been successful is, is in living life, living life to its fullest, uh, finding the joy in life, uh, trying to not be an angry person try not to get frustrated in difficult situations. So uh, the 90 and 90 is really more about learning how to live and learning how to enjoy life. So I'm really, really excited about being a third of the way through that process. And, and I've also realized too that AA is not a, uh, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a quick fix. I went to AA a couple of years ago and I, I attended regular meetings for about six months and then I quit going. And when I quit going, I just, the old habits just slowly crept back in. And I didn't really change my life at all. And uh, eventually I, I, it led to that relapse. And, you know, that relapse was, was pretty bad. So I, one of the things I, I just mentioned is I, I walk at the gym. So uh, there's a track there. And uh, every week they change the direction of the track. So uh, it's really interesting, and I've observed this because I've been going there for four weeks now. So one week, I feel really good at the end of the, end of the session on the track because I'm, I'm walking for over half an hour. It takes me over half an hour to walk a mile and a half. And, uh, and then some other weeks, I'm all anxious at the end of it. And I started to realize what it was because they changed the track direction every week. So one week, it's going clockwise, and then one week, it's going counterclockwise. So in the week that it goes clockwise, you're actually walking around the uh, gym area where all the weights are and the machines are. In that direction, the clockwise direction, it from where all the TVs uh, are, are, are facing, you're not facing the TVs, you're opposite the TVs. So you're, you, you don't see the TVs, you see the backs of them. And of course, and I know this is terrible, every airport and every gym has to, has, seems to have all of their TVs tuned into CNN and I think if there's one channel that we could get rid of in this world it is CNN uh, the bad news network uh, CNN is uh, anyway I'm not going to get on a tangent about CNN and talking about this time of madness that we're in I just want to talk about this in a personal personal manner so when it's going clockwise the track that week I don't see those I don't see the TV and then when it's going counterclockwise on those weeks 
every time I walk by, and even if I'm trying not to, and believe me, I'm trying not to, you still see that headline underneath uh, the CNN reporter. It's always there, and it's sometimes it's there for two, three times around the track. So it's very clear that you get to read that, and those headlines, uh, those those uh, underlining words underneath the the people talking are always so negative, and they just dig into your mind, and it's just it's negative, terrible stuff. Uh, if you listen, if you watch CNN regularly, I'm sure you are angry at the world. You are depressed. You think the world's going to end any moment. There's no more beauty in the world. Everybody's killing each other. It's um, it's a it's a terrible terrible thing. And so I'm finding that every time the uh, track is in the counterclockwise direction, I, I've got to figure out a way to not look at those TV screens. It's it's amazing, though, but your eyes just drawn to it as you're walking by. So just a kind of an interesting observation as I'm uh, going through life here, you know, that I, I find that these negative connotations, these even these little blips are, are just, they get into your head and they really start to affect you. So uh, I really try to stay away from uh, CNN network and, and try to stay away, I try to wait to stay away from the mainstream media in general. Uh, I find that there are better sources of information, there's better sources of news, and uh, right now, in this time of badness, the mainstream media is just uh, working to scare the crap out of us. That's that seems to be their their one function, and uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty sad. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things today. One of them is uh, I, I came across a website called the Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And I thought these were really, really interesting. And I mean, I'm not dying. At least I hope I'm not dying. And uh, in fact, I, I want to live for another 30 years minimum. That's that's my goal is to hit 90 and hit 90 in a healthy way, uh, physically healthy and mentally healthy. So uh, that's a long way to go. But I, I worry about these uh, 24 hours that are ahead of me right now. I won't worry about uh, the next 30 years today. So here are the top five regrets of the dying. I wish I had the courage to live life true to myself and not the life of others that others expect of me. I wish I had the courage to live life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Every one of those is very profound to me. I, I think once you hit 60 years old, you start to, uh, because you are on the back nine, you know, you know that uh, your, your life isn't ahead of you anymore. A lot of your life is already behind you. And uh, these are really profound statements. Uh, I certainly uh, wish at back when I was working, like uh, when I was working 12-hour days, you know, six, six, seven days a week, I really wish I hadn't been doing that. I didn't need to. Uh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of truth in all of these. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Certainly, uh, you, you let your circle of friends uh, disappear, and uh, you wonder about that. Uh, a lot of that, I think, to do with me was some of those addictive issues that I've talked about in the past. And uh, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's never too late. You know, today's the day to start and, and I'm starting. I, I'm trying to be happier. I'm trying to put the depression behind me. I'm trying to put uh, the negative thoughts behind me. And that it's a daily process. It's something that you have to work on every single day. And uh, I, I, I guess I got a couple quotes today. I, I, I read a lot of quotes and um, I, I ended up learning a little bit about Charles uh, Bukowski. Uh, I didn't know much about him before, but I had heard this quote before. And now I know where the quote came from. It's Charles Bukowski quote. And uh, this is really interesting. The problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts. Well, the stupid ones are full of confidence. And I heard that quote a little while ago right at the beginning of the age of madness that we're in right now, the time of madness. And uh, I thought how true it is. Uh, so many of us who actually uh, think about things, take the time to research, learn about things, we, we're not sure where to go or how to approach things. We are full of doubts. And then the other people in the world, they're just completely full of confidence whatever they hear on CNN is just absolutely fine with them so and then the other quote from uh, Charles Bukowski is uh, is really uh, this one is really hits home people are strange they are constantly angered by trivial things but on a major matter like wasting their lives they hardly seem to notice I thought that one was really good because I was at that stage from age 40 to about 55. I wasn't caring really at all about my health. I wasn't caring at all about my future. I was caught up in little trivial things that uh, really meant nothing. They mean nothing now. And uh, so, you know, those are life lessons right there. People are strange. They're constantly angered by trivial things. But on a major matter like wasting their lives, they hardly seem to notice. So those are Charles Bukowski quotes. Well, on a, another note here, I have to say I have finally finished David Copperfield, the book that is as long as the Bible. It, it, it was an incredible book. I loved reading it. But it was over a thousand pages of little tiny print, and uh, it was really uh, it was it was tough to get through. It, it was written in a in older English style. Uh, it was funny, and it was it was heartwarming. It, it's kind of like Charles Dickens' autobiography in a way. Um, they always say it's one of his greatest works, and I tend I would agree. I haven't read a lot of Charles Dickens, but uh, I'm not really that well read. So one of the things that I wanted to do was try to read the greatest books of all time. So I started out with The Great Gatsby, which is a nice normal size book. And then I read Anna Karina. And Anna Karina is often the top of the charts when it comes to The Greatest Book of All Time by Leo Tolstoy. But another huge tomb, like a huge, huge book, a great book written uh, about at the turn of the century in Russia about about that Russian uh, aristocracy. A very, very good book. And then I've just finished David Copperfield. So I read three books, but I'll tell you, I'm counting them as nine because I think Anna Carino is the equivalent of four books and David Copperfield was the equivalent of four books. So I'm really saying I read nine books since June because it was just in June that I decided to read the classics. 
I'm quite uh, happy with how things are going right now as far as my reading. I'm reading regularly and I'm trying to get through my list of the greatest books of all time. So I've got that list in front of me here. Here are the 12 greatest books of all time. Anna Karina, which I've read by Leo Tolstoy. To Kill a Mockingbird. I read To Kill a Mockingbird, but I'm going to reread it because I read it back when I was in high school a hundred years ago. So I'm going to reread it because I think I can read it again with a different view of the world than when I was just a kid. The Great Gatsby is number three, and I've read The Great Gatsby. Year, 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I read that quite a few years ago. I didn't realize it would be on this list, so I, I got ahead of that one. So I was able to have read that. It was an incredible book, 100 Years of Solitude. Uh, the next one is A Passage to India, which I have to still read. And right now I'm in the middle of reading the next one, which is The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, written in 1952. It's only, the only science fiction book that uh, is on the list, and uh, it is in fact it is fantastic. I I can't believe how good it is. I I kind of remember The Invisible Man as some schlocky black and white movie, but this book is just great. I mean, it's captured me. I I, I can't wait to continue it and finish it. It's not that long. It's not like David Copperfield. The next one on the list is Don Quixote. So Don Quixote, I'll be reading. And uh, there's a book called Beloved by Toni Morrison, one of the more modern ones. It's 1987 it was written. Uh, it's the story of an escaped slave named Seth who fled to Cincinnati, Ohio in 1873. I haven't read a lot from that genre, so I'm looking forward to reading about that. The next on the list is Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. Okay, a book called Things Fall Apart, and then Jane Eyre. And I have Jane Eyre sitting here. I'm ready to read Jane Eyre after The Invisible Man. Uh, Jane Eyre by, Char by Charlotte Bronte. And then the next one is another modern one, uh, The Color Purple, uh, made famous by Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey in the 1985 movie. So The Color Purple. And that's it. So that's the list. So, you know, I've read six or I'm, I've, I've read five and I'm in the middle of reading the sixth on that list. And I plan on uh, continuing and, and finishing that list. So it's pretty exciting. It's, it's, it's new to me reading. I, I spent a lot of time reading journals. I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, reading articles, uh, newspapers but not novels, and especially not the greatest novels of all time. So I'm pretty excited to be reading them, and I'm learning a lot. Uh, it was funny with David Copperfield. I'd been reading David Copperfield for so long, it took me a whole month to finish that book, that uh, I was starting to uh, speak and think in this old English style. You know, I'm a humble, I'm humble. Uh, you know, it was very, uh, it was an humble experience. Anyway, I, I, I just butchered that, I know. So I'll tell you, I, I got I to gotta thank you. If you listen to the end, you know I love you. It's, uh, it's a challenge to, uh, to come out and, and do the micro podcast here when I'm trying not to talk about uh, the time of madness so much. I, I just, I, I don't think it's good for me to concentrate on it. I'm trying to uh, concentrate more on aging, health, uh, trying to recreate my health and sharing that journey with you. Thank you so much for those of you who have come along for the ride. I really do appreciate you. And I will see you 
and T. I will see you next Tuesday.